You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome, everybody, to the Playing with Balls podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Lee, and we've got Callie the Bulldog here, as always, in the background, and she's about to start tormenting my guest today, which is comedian Ken Gar. Hey, guys. Ken the Judge Gar. Is that what we were calling you for a minute? That's the nickname I've earned. I won your um, Home Run Derby contest. Yes. Mike Judge. Mike Judge, yeah. yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, you've been on the podcast, like twice i guess well yeah technically my third time because i was part of the home run derby that's right and then i was with the previous playing with balls before those oh my goodness i thought earthquake uh that was the that earthquake was called my dog callie (laughs) and this is you know this is a big part of why i always uh i have her as a part of the podcast because there's always noises in the background and there's just no way around it you can't ignore her she really runs the house she does and as soon as she sees the microphones come out she starts to get all ornery, like, I know mm-hmm. what's going on here, and she she's going to ha- I mean, before we're done, she's going to have a problem yeah. somewhere in some part of my house where, like, something isn't, something is awry, you know? There's a piece of fuzz yeah. somewhere, and she wants it, and she can't reach it, and she's going to start barking at us. Do you think it's any indication of the relationship that you have with Callie? No. And- okay. No. Right, I'm just saying. Because, you know, <laughs> you know what, everyone... Bulldogs are stubborn, yeah. okay? They are stubborn by their breed. I didn't create that. She's right. she is who she is since she was she okay. was born, you know? Yeah. I don't I think that I am a very good dog owner. Yeah. And I mean maybe I spoil her sometimes, you know? Sure. What do you think, Ken? You obviously have some opinions. <laughs> well, I've, as, a, as a fan of your IG stories, which I would say about 90% are devoted to her. Her sleeping. Yeah, her sleeping. Um, <laughs> her sleeping uh, on various couches uh, with blankets. Um, she runs the roost, man. She's She just she runs this household, and that's all there is to it. Well, I mean, of know? course, if she's going to be sleeping, I'm going to give her blankets. I'm not a monster, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, I have to say, so I was this past week, and I was dog sitting um, uh, an American bulldog, this really cute boy bulldog named Guapo, and he's he's like about forty pounds bigger than her. Oh, here we go, here we go. She wants something that I don't Cali. know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, his name was Guapo, and um, he's uh, w- like he was like I put this one blanket on my couch, and he takes up about two of the three cushions, and it, he was comfortable. You know, he's never been here before. It was like his domain. So last night I, I'm trying to go to sleep for like an hour and it's like now it's like 1.30 in the morning and I hear him crying and he keeps coming outside my bedroom. She she somehow pushed him off the couch and laid as and stretched her body yeah. as far as she could just in his exact spot. She could she could completely fit on the other side of the couch. Right. She just was like showing him that this is my house, you know, yeah. at 1.30 in the morning. So I had to come out like three times. And finally she got in big trouble. Okay. And she didn't sleep on the couch. So, you know. Where did she sleep? She slept in her bed. Okay. Where she's supposed to sleep anyway. So that's where she normally sleeps, but she yeah. slept on the couch just to be Just difficult. to be a jerk. Just to be, okay. just to be a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Just to show, and in and, and the exact spot that he has been laying in for like two days. So they got, they got a little bit of territorial dispute going on. Yeah. She's, she's very much like an alpha and she's very like, she's getting a little crotchety in her old age, I would say. She's not even old. She's seven, but yeah. she's just getting a little like, like, right. 
I don't know. Whatever. She's that like is. a girl in her twenties. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> is. She definitely is. She's like I know. All right. I know. you can't tell him anything. She's like I can't with this yeah. other dog. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell him anything, and she thinks that she's very self-absorbed. Right. Only thinking about her own needs. Yeah. She's, she's very like much. a twenty-two-year-old girl yeah yeah and she probably thinks she's a little hotter than she is yeah you know she's a little too conceited for sure plus yeah. she's in the age of snapchat filters which just <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah she's getting a little big for her britches yeah. no, no pun intended so anyways a little hum- she needs some humbling that's all yeah well you know who knows but the but Callie so Callie is now uh, happy for like two minutes and that's yeah. enough about Callie um but yeah you've met Callie before and I'm sure that you've this mm-hmm. she's done these things the last time, yes. last times you were here Pretty right familiar with her yeah yeah okay good. we had the uh we, we also had the fantasy football party here with no girls oh yeah I remember that well, it was just the me. dude part yeah obviously yeah because <laughs> I hosted it but, <laughs> but you were very proud of your menu I was you went all out you had a menu board Yes, I did. Uh, I did the grilling. You did. Yeah. You did a great job. Thank you. You did a great job. That that food was really good. Yeah, you had some type of... It was a Dodger dog with hamburgers. Like, you combined it? Or what, what did we do that day? Um, you know what? So, okay, just to... And I've talked about this on the podcast briefly that we um I, we had a fantasy a fantasy fantasy fo- fantasy football league <laughs> fantasy football when I had Jonesy on uh, last year we talked about doing it and then we ended up being commissioners together and then we never talked about it on the podcast again so I'm glad we're talking about it yeah. so we did we had an all comedian um uh, fantasy football league that I co commissioned yeah. with um Jonesy that was that was that's a whole other story for you non comedian listeners out there you would think that a fantasy football league of all comedians would be like the funnest, most amazing, great creative. Th- it was just boring. It's stupid. And it's just a bunch of insecure males. <laughs> oh my god! Just, just like, like, like you would think, like you, you know, because I'm in another fantasy football league with all of my buddies from my like college. Yeah. And there's just like shit talking till the cows come home. This one was just like, well, what did you mean by that? Like, oh my god. Oh my god. Can we talk about though? <laughs> no, we got to talk about this league because this this whole league was so like weird yeah. and i think that we should still continue it into the future but but maybe it just I makes think maybe you and i and, and andy lazarus should be, be able like hand pick like it should be I, invite only i agree we should give out personality tests uh, yeah like <laughs> like what is your um what is your myers-briggs right you know? exactly what's your yeah. personality type <laughs> um i'm an entp yeah. but like uh no honestly i think that from the get like it was a great idea but then jonesy sort of started to just like make decisions yeah um on the commissioning commissioner part of it and i've never commissioned a a fantasy football league but i've been in enough to know how it works and it's not that it's not like who cares it's just like you make you make it happen you know it's like you're you're just making sure everybody does their shit you know yeah and uh he was like you know you usually go with like the preset rules of the the default yeah but he was changing them yes so first of all he picked espn which i wasn't happy about because i i've always liked yahoo better awful yeah yeah and then he was like what and he was like non-compromising on so i'm like wow okay i guess like my opinion doesn't matter um and then I, i had i remember i think it was lazarus looked at like the rules like some of the rules of the league and he was like yo um 
if it's okay with you, I'm going to message Jonesy because like he's doing weird things. Yeah. He's giving people like seven point home advantages and all this. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works, right. you know? So there, so we got the rules changed to mostly normal. People still got a three point home advantage if you uh, were in the playoffs, which I, I don't like that. But yeah. is that that could happen in other leagues, I guess. Half point PPR is pretty cool. I, I, I didn't mind that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then what Jonesy's funniest quality was was that when you talk about the shit talking he wanted he was very excited about mm-hmm. the shit talking and he also he like required us yeah to t- talk shit he I'm, was in a chat room by himself but he was like but shit talking to nobody and then i shit talked back to him about his shit talking and yeah. then i mean i kind of shot him cut him i cut him up a little <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. as, as my mom would say you cut like but i i felt like he was producing it yeah and then i was embarrassed for being a commissioner with him yeah and i felt like as my duty it was my duty to step in and be like stop being so weird right like what was he said he's just saying like stupid stuff you it know was just like he would like criticize everyone's picks but then nobody was engaging with him yeah you know, like i think three of the people that were just like auto de- like drafting yeah and not even drafting for real Are like, the guy that won our league fucking auto drafted by yeah. accident yeah, yeah you know but um yeah and then also some of his choices for other People that were in the league that most of us didn't know, because I would say there's about eight of us that where, know each where other. Where did Jones finish? Where did Jonesy finish? He was towards. He was in the. He didn't make the playoffs. Okay, so there, there you go. Which is funny because like he was giving shit to me for drafting a quarterback in like the fourth round, which apparently is too soon. But I'm like, you know what? Like I want to have a sol- I, I had two solid quarterbacks, and I had Aaron Rodgers who yeah. went down with a broken collarbone. Yeah. And thank God I had uh, the Lions quarterback. Oh, to like, you know what I'm Matt saying? Stafford. Yeah, I had yeah, Matthew yeah. Stafford, and um, I still didn't make the playoffs, but like, neither did he. It's like, like I love the fact that like you talk shit during like draft on strategy, but like, it doesn't like he waited till like the ninth round to draft a quarterback, and then all of a sudden he was like hitting me up to like make trades for Stafford. Yeah, and then his trades were like the most insulting oh, thing. My God, I could ever tell me what he tried I, to trade you? Because I'll tell I, you mine. I couldn't even. T- it was like it, he wanted like a third. Like he wanted Matthew Stafford for like a third string wide receiver off of some like Patriots. the Titans or some shit. Yeah. Did he try to uh, give you Chris whatever from the Patriots? Yeah, it was he tried like, to give me him too. Or he tried to trade me like the backup running back from the Lions for like. And I'm like, bro, I go, do you think I've never played fantasy before? Do you think, like, I just got off the fucking ship at Ellis <laughs> Island and I somebody handed me this computer for the first time? And I'm just maybe, I go, I go, this is insulting. That's a funny, yeah, just got off the ship at Ellis Island. <laughs> like, hello, welcome to America. You want to play fantasy football? Oh, my God. Like, oh, very happy to be here. <laughs> did you, but he did he, te- <laughs> would he text you afterwards when you would decline his t- terrible trade um, yeah. uh, trades and then be like and then sh- talk shit to you on text because that's what he did to me. He was like I, I he tried to trade me um, for my st- one of my starting running backs a third string yeah. wide receiver and I declined it. Then he came back and tried to um, give me a second string wide receiver for one of my starting running backs yeah. and I was like okay like I'm not like n- this doesn't make any sense because yeah. this is my starting running back yeah. and like what do you and, and I like what are you doing and um then after I declined his trade for the second time I got a text from him within like 30 minutes and he was like really yeah. like like what are you doing like that doesn't make any sense and I'm like yo 
I'm a co-commissioner. Like, why do you think I'm fucking retarded? Like, <laughs> it's one thing if he thinks you just got off the boat. Right. He agreed to to have me run a league with him, yeah. and he wants and he thinks I'm stupid now. Like, right. what's wrong with this guy? You know, oh, he's so a weird. nice guy, but yeah. I didn't really understand that whole thing. And then on top of that, he's weird. the choices for the people that he put in the league. Yeah. Um, I put like I invited like eight people. Uh, you were one of them and he invited four and those four were like they're kind of dopes i mean and i hate to say that you know i mean and, and not who's the dude with the, the oh. hot tub party we gotta talk about that okay uh what was his name um oh fuck what was his name ben his name is ben i can't remember his last name though yeah uh so we were trying to plan this like fantasy football party with like eight random comedians oh who God, don't all really hysterical. know each other, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we like I, I no knew, twelve, yeah, twelve. Excuse eight me, eight of us like know each other, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, but like you know, it's like we see each other at shows. Some of us are really good friends. Some of us don't know each other at all. Yeah, but you're like talking about kind of like this weird motley crew of comedians, and like we're like first of all we're communicating on email. And now you have comedians on email, and so like everyone's emailing like their funny witty comebacks, and I'm just like trying to get through my inbox, <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden this dude who like nobody really knows invited us all to like his parents' house. Oh no, or was he house sitting or was it a parent his place or what was it? It was no, it was. I think somebody made up that it was his parents' house. Okay. Because the actual most fun shit talking we've had in this league is making fun of this guy to him. Yeah. Even though none of us have ever like met him. Right. Um, his name is Ben, but I guess for privacy purposes, it's mostly just because I cannot remember his if last I, if name. If I remember, I'll give you yeah, all yeah, this yeah. information. I, I know. Yeah, show. give him his, their, his fucking address to his I'll parents' give you his email. house. So we were trying to get together to have like fantasy football parties and like he he offered to throw the first one and he was like and is selling and this is how he did it yeah he said hey guys uh you know fantasy football pl party at my place for this thursday night football game whatever um i uh we've got like a cool pool room like community pool room and like jacuzzi i will be, be providing no food please let me know if you're coming right. and then <laughs> and it went and we were all like cool like apartment community hot tub party first of all he called it a jacuzzi yeah. which is like a cesspool then afterwards you guys could check out my water bed yeah like, what the and there and keep in mind there's only two females in this league right so why so like the fact that you have a jacuzzi is not a selling point for a an 80 percent male party right but then the part where he was like i will be providing nothing yeah. no food and right. no drinks please let me know if you're coming so i think it was andy uh, who's in our league who was the first person to like th you know throw throw it back at him and say yeah. like well if you're providing nothing why do you need to know if we're coming right because <laughs> you don't have to prepare you Cause know because he, he wanted to make sure we had enough and seats the, in the hot tub and that's a really great point yeah. right like yeah. if you're doing nothing except for walking out of your apartment to <laughs> your community jacuzzi why the fuck do you want to know if we're coming or not you know like who cares yeah and then it just turned into this whole thing and it got a little heated you know because yeah. it was like because then andy started because then he he fired back at andy like you probably live in like somewhere like gross in hollywood yeah. you know and then and, and he had no idea he's talking to 
Andy, who's like a bajillionaire from yeah. his dad or his grandpa invented like Black Friday or something. Yeah. And uh, is like has a bougie house in Venice. Yeah. So yeah. then he's talking shit to Andy because Andy's talking shit to him. And then Andy's like, whatever, like you're cool, like apartment party, like blah, blah, blah. And then like in the end, it got a little heated and then nobody went except for Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was trying to get him to make a trade. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you my backup kicker <laughs> for, for, Tom, for Tom Brady. For Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, hear me out. He's like the Donald Trump of our league. Oh, my God. This is going to be great. I'm going to make a great deal here. It was so funny. And then, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, And then I was really hoping that when I had a party later in the season with the menu and all that yeah. stuff, that he would come. Just so, because that shit talking kind of could have been fun i think it ended up being offensive to him (laughs) because we never heard from him again he like literally didn't even answer the emails like from that point forward but then when i had the party uh i party a couple months later i thought that was cool i oh yeah so i made a um uh that's how we were the conversation started a menu of the dodger dog yeah or i don't know why because it was a football party yeah i actually don't remember why i did that but i don't either um, nobody complains. No, you, it was a it was a fun party. And then I made hot dog. I mean, and then I made hamburger hot dogs. Yeah, or whatever, like hamburger dogs. Hamburger dogs. Because um, I didn't buy enough hamburgers. Right. So I cut them in half, and then we just put. Like you did what girls do. Like you <laughs> crushed it on the apps. Yeah. Like the appetizers. Were I know where you... And then the entree, it was just like. Hey, I've got some meat, and then, I, like, and then you're like, Ken, cook the meat. I think I, actually I volunteered, but yeah. like, but you're like, grill some meat, and I'm like, all right, cool. We have six hot dogs <laughs> and four hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll be perfect. We'll just cut it in half and then put it on a I know. wheat bun, and I'm like, oh, okay. But I did make the best guacamole ever. Oh, it was really good. Yeah. Okay. So I would say I definitely look looking back now and I, look, listen, I can handle it. Yeah. There was there. I had some strengths and weaknesses or there was I had some weaknesses at the party. <laughs> it was I didn't get enough meat. Yep. Um, and I po- probably provided too much alcohol. Well, that's probably not ever an issue to have too much no. alcohol. But but it was a Monday night and I made uh, cider whiskey sours. Yeah. And half of them ended up on my floor because somebody drank so many that they just like left the poured thing it. open. They I left it open. Yeah. yeah. And then but I, I would say the greatest weakness of the party is the fact that I had a Monday night football game and I don't have cable. This I was going to bring that up. I know. I, you, was, I knew yeah, you were going to yeah, because you didn't there. say anything yep. at my party, but I knew that you wanted to make fun of me for yeah. it. I know. Yeah. So we had to deal with some buffering <laughs> issues because she was getting the game off of the internet. <laughs> and so all of a sudden be like, oh, Stafford drops back and then it would just die and then there would be a touchdown. And we're like, cool. You know what? I knew that I knew that that was going to come up because, yeah. um, hold on real quick. I'm going to punch Callie in the face. Okay, Callie has been disciplined. Callie is now in timeout. Callie is in timeout um, and I think it's, it's going to work for uh, it reminded me of episodes of super nanny super nanny set up you ever see super nanny i don't think so oh it was this show probably in the early 2000s this british lady would come over to american families and teach them how to parent oh it was the best oh my god i can't i think i've heard of it but i've never watched it religiously so i just did a super nanny move yeah like you a set up, you set up your expectations uh-huh all right you let her know what the consequences were yeah and then you told her you, you let her make the decision on what she was going to do <gasps> so she can either decide that she's going to stop barking or she's going to go to bed you know and, without dinner and you can hear what she chose yeah because she's snoring, she's snoring. yeah okay good well she went to sleep instantly oh she did <laughs> 
Now we are talking about a dog, by the way. Uh, this is not a human not child. A, not a, you know what? I, if and when I ever have children, yeah. I have. I feel like I'm gonna be like the the best mother but like the worst mother what do you mean because like i'll be the best because i'll love them so much yes but i think i'll be the worst because like i won't i won't be that good at disciplining them well that's why you have to choose a, a mate who can be that guy yeah like my mom used to say wait till your father get home but the problem is that my dad was a firefighter who worked 24-hour shifts so you were like cool. so like great well no not only that but you had like 23 hours to think about what just happened oh i see and so the terror would build in your head yeah and then he would get off work and go be an electrician for 10 hours and so you had like a good 34 hours to before. like really sit with that yeah sit with that and then you would hope that she wouldn't remember but she would. But she would. Yeah. Every time. And then he would come home and be like, he wouldn't even know what he was doing. He would just oh, start swinging. Do that like, again. Like, he would, <laughs> like was, and he, I mean, he wouldn't start swinging, like, but like, you'd get a spanking or yeah. like, you know. Well, you know but, what? Do you feel like parent, that's how parenting was yeah. when like we were kids? Because it was just, it's just a di- different generation. Because like sure. my dad was the same way. Like my mom was mostly the disciplinarian. But my, if it got to the point where, like, my dad was now the disciplinarian, like, that was bad. Yeah. Because my dad was super intimidating, and he didn't put up with any bullshit. Right. And there were times when he he never hit us with a belt, ever. Yeah. Um, unless I blacked that out of my memory. But <laughs> he would hang a belt yeah. from the door. Yeah. And act as if we were going to get right. hit with it. And even though we never did, I still feared the belt. Yeah. Like I didn't think it was like an empty threat. Now, nowadays I feel like if, if like parents, parents aren't hanging belts. My dad would snap the belt. My dad did that too. So he would loop it. Right. And he would freak he would out. Right. It on the ends and he would snap it with his hands, but he never hit us with a belt. And then years later, I go, "Well, how come?" I go, "How come you never hit us with a belt?" And he goes, "Well, because I, I spank harder than the belt." Oh, <laughs> well, my dad was like, "Because you would have welts." Yeah, you know, and like, and that too. But like, my 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 parents definitely spanked us. My mom yeah. hit me spanked. with a spoon like right here on my hand, mm-hmm. like a wooden spoon. Oh God, that shit hurt. Yeah, and um, I just think now like. You know, that builds character, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the way our parents did things. But parents now, yeah. but parents like aren't doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're they're they, they're like appalled at, at the idea of doing that. But I guess that maybe I would be, too, if I, my, I don't know. Yeah, my sister was very much like not into spanking because of her experiences with my parents. And but but and here's where I took issue was that she would threaten to spank, but then never did. So like if you threaten to spank but never do, then you're just kind of crying wolf. Yeah. Now let me just preface this by saying I don't have any kids. I don't, you know, so yeah, we all don't have parents. Like, we don't. We, both don't parents, have, we don't know yeah. anything we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We are not qualified <laughs> to have this conversation at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm but, like nobody's hanging a belt anymore. Yeah, what the yeah. hell has happened? Look, get some brass knuckles. Start beating these kids in the face. <laughs> um, you want to really have some good character? <laughs> hit them with a bottle. Then you'll end up like Ken and I. <laughs> That's right. Just, and we're really successful. Yeah, very very successful. Um. Just that life, you know. Yeah, we're killing it. We're killing it. But life. I would, you know, I I don't know. There's like, you know, there are obviously our two schools of thought. You know, hit your kid, don't hit your kid. Yeah. But but the fact that you make an empty threat, you know, what I'm saying like, yeah. I'm, if you do you want a spanking, like my my nephew would be like, I, I guess not. Like he had no <laughs> idea what that meant. You know, what I'm saying because like, he now has no basis for comparison. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. And you just assume that kids know what that means because that's just like a thing, I yeah. guess. But, you know, but I guess it's different when you did get spanked and then you got threatened with a higher level of discipline, which was the belt. And although like our parents never did that, 
it's different. Like when your dad threatens you with the belt, you're not like, I guess not. You're like, fuck no, that's yeah, scary. That looks but like it's because you already know what pain is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you don't want to go to the next level of pain, you yeah. know? Um, but I, but I think also people are so sensitive nowadays and like judgy. And like, I know I saw a kid get spanked in public and it wasn't that bad. And the yeah, kid yeah. was acting like a jerk, yeah. first of all. And it had like a runny nose, which added insult to injury. And like, yeah. you know, the mom, and he wasn't listening to the mom and he was being really bad. And the mom spanked him, but it wasn't that hard. And like, people like stopped and like stared yeah. at her. And that would never have happened when we were kids, I feel like. That because right. people just got hit a lot more. I, well, you and I are, we always talk about Mad Men because we're friends of Mad, or fans of Mad Men. Yeah. But there's that one episode and where. And one like, day friends with them too. Yeah. Yeah. And, but there's that one episode where they have like that party. And then, like, the random guy ends up hitting the kid. Remember that? <gasps> yeah. Like, and then, like, everyone was, like, totally fine with it. Yes. Like, yeah, just, you know, like, basically, it'd be like if you invited, like, your best friend over and he spanked your kid. Like, could you imagine that, that in this day and oh age? Oh, my God. No. Because you know what? <laughs> even back then, even though that was acceptable, I still feel like it wasn't, it, it's still jarring for the child. Yeah. Because I will never forget, uh, that happened to me once when my uncle hit me. Yeah. And, like, not that hard, but, like... I never forgot it. Like, yeah. I always look at him as like, as much as he loves me, I think he's been trying to make up for it for like 30 more years. Yeah. And my sister will never forget when my mom's best friend hit her and she still brings it up. Right. So it's like, that's still, it's like, it's like worse. Yeah. But back in the 50s, oh, that's why people are so fucked up though. You know, because like that stuff was so acceptable, but it was still very psychologically damaging. So we're going to take to the next, for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> Shannon and I are going to drive to a Walmart. <laughs> we're just going to start hitting kids. <laughs> I mean, just start laying into, and we're going to change their lives. We're going to make them better people. Yep. And they're never going to forget us. Nope. And then we're going to run away, and so no one uh, arrests us. And it's also, Walmart. They can't catch us. Well, they're all on scooters. Well, basically, we can get on those birds. Have you seen those birds outside? The oh yeah, they're so fun. You, yeah. I'll have to explain what the birds are in a minute. But also, this could be like that wiffle ball party we never had. Wiffle bat party. Oh Remember? yeah. We were supposed yeah. to have a uh, recap. Um, just like kind of finishing off there with the fantasy football talk, we were supposed to have an end of the season fantasy football wiffle ball party. And it never happened. The party had several themes. <laughs> it started off with several themes. It was just a party, and then it was a wiffle ball party, and then it was like maybe we play football. Like there was a, there was a lot going on. But and then it, it was, just got canceled. And then it was just like yeah, Andy got sick, and he's like, and then everything ended. He got an pneumonia, walking pneumonia. Oh jeez. I know, but you know, I actually thought it was going to be fun. Walking pneumonia. What is this? Eighteen thirty-two. Well, is- <laughs> I actually like I was going to Google it, but then I just decided i stopped chest infection i didn't care but what's it i just i i I asked him i said what's the difference between pneumonia and walking pneumonia and he's like i don't know i guess you can walk yeah and i was like so when you have (laughs) you can walk which means that he didn't google it either no and i was like so i guess like when you have regular pneumonia you 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 lose the use of your limbs yeah which i don't i do not think is true but i do know an old man that died from pneumonia i mean i almost died from pneumonia really yeah when i was a kid jesus that's scary i had strep throat because i used to get strep throat every march like clockwork And I was then, like that, that and bronchitis. I had chronic yeah. bronchitis. Yeah. So I would get strep throat and then it turned into pneumonia. But because I had always gotten strep throat, like, mm-hmm. so like basically my mom waited to take me to the doctor. She takes me to our pediatrician and the pediatrician is like one and a half lungs are filled. Oh and if you God. had waited three more days, he would have drowned. Oh, <laughs> and like way to go, Mayor. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. so scary. So they put me on like these like super antibiotics. How and, old which, were you? I think I was 
like eight, eight or nine. Wow. I had the mumps too. What? Well, also, fun fact: I'm going to give my whole medical history here. I'm Please playing do. with balls. Please do. I've never had the chicken pox, and uh-oh, everyone's always uh-oh, just like, uh oh, like you're like. Here's the deal: I'm immune to it because I've been to like chicken pox parties. That's a big thing now, right now. Have you heard of these things? They have no. chicken pox parties. So one of the kids in whatever second grade or first grade gets chicken pox, and then everyone brings their kids to the party to expose them to chicken pox. Oh my god! How, how did you learn this? Kid. Did you read about it? Yeah, I saw. I read an article about it. But, but they won't hit their kid. Yeah, but yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll proactively give yeah. them chicken pox. Yeah. So they get it out of the way. What dicks? Um, that actually kind of is very smart, really. But my aunt got chicken pox later in life and she almost died from it yeah and, no and that's I, what everyone says and then, and everyone's just like you know you could die from chicken pox i'm like that'd be hilarious <laughs> like, oh. like my friends who are the biggest ball busters in the world would die laughing during my eulogy like this fucking asshole dies of chicken pox are you kidding me that's not the way you want to go out you <laughs> no, know i mean <laughs> i like like i think this is totally off subject but like there's like tree branches. I don't know if you notice when you walked up outside and yeah. they're like jaggedy and they're like kind of almost like threatening to be in the walkway. And at night, there's been times when I'll like walk Cali where I've walked a little bit like it's been a little bit too close for comfort where I'm like, oh, my God, I can poke an eye out. Yeah. And then I start thinking to myself, what if I end up being the girl that lost an eyeball because I walked into a tree branch yeah. that wasn't like like so it's kind of like getting like dying from chicken pox but not as extreme like like you don't want that to be like the way that you go out you know i actually think about stuff like that yeah. a lot like i do not want to be embarrassed when i am dying my like, mom's doctor doctor died of a sinus infection oh my god really yeah he, he was a I medical never... professional who could have just taken an antibiotic and knocked it out and the thing spread to his brain and <gasps> he died of a sinus what infection. what an idiot yeah Oh my god, that sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, I, as you know, I've had a cold all week. Yeah. And I think I would have the opposite problem because we talked before the podcast that if you look at my pile of medicine over there, <laughs> I've actually, all, I, I actually am in fear every day that I might die from taking too much medicine, but for proactively yes. trying to cure myself. It is. She, I, I cannot <laughs> exaggerate the level of pills she has on her kitchen table right now or or kitchen (laughs) counter i mean it is 12 bottles she has a uh there's a a chest balm (laughs) you have a nasal drip i have you have cough syrup you Mm. have every vitamin and then and a multivitamin that's what kills me am i gonna die you're probably gonna die (laughs) just just from over but you could literally overdose on vitamins i had a friend of mine who like had to go to the er and they like did her blood work, and they're like, "Yeah, you overdid it on vitamins, and that's why you're ill right now." Oh, I thought you were. I were. I thought you were gonna say she actually OD'd, like she no, had to no, get her no. like her stomach pumped. No, because that like... would once again be the most embarrassing way oh, yeah. to die. Yeah, to go out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I just. I think that. Um. T- these types of things are what keep me up at night. And I even had yeah. a nightmare recently that I did die, and I brought myself back to life. So I think everything's gonna be fine. How did how did you bring yourself back to life? Well, uh, it was a very vivid dream, and I think it was I've I think it was like sort of the maybe the cold medicine has been giving me nightmares. Sure, um, I've I've had a couple nightmares, or the couple mixtures of <laughs> the seven products you're taking. Yeah, the, yeah whatever. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's not all cold medicine. It's just like something I've concocted a yeah. cocktail of ways to be- to make myself better. Yep. Um, with herbal supplements, and I had a dream that I was. It was very vivid that I had walked into 
heaven. Mm-hmm. Like I walked through the door and it felt different, but it wasn't. It, it didn't look like heaven because um, it was like the it was like the first stop. It was like these people with like operate like uh, it was like they were like the paramedics of the sky and they sort of manage how you die. Like they're they're like watching you like while you die and then they like facilitate the process of you getting up there. Yeah. So I was talking to those people and I'm like, what's up? And they're like, you're dying right now. And I looked on the ground and I looked and I was be- trying to be resuscitated. <clears throat> I looked through their their TV screen by a paramedic, but I was it was going like code red i wasn't coming back to life because i was dying from a heart condition wow and my heart was failing and i and i had this weird quick flash of my mother and all the things that i have not accomplished yet in my life Hmm. and i was like i'm not ready to die i'm like it feels really great in here like i feel good i think it seems like it's cool and like i'd want to be here at some point but like i'm not ready and then i was with somebody else who i knew but i don't know who it was has that ever happened in a dream like you know you're with somebody but you don't know exactly who it is yeah and they were like fuck it it's awesome in here i'm staying here so i was like okay so this person's staying and i was like do i have the option to go back and they're like well can you breathe really hard and i was like like yeah and they're like start breathing really hard right now and you might be able to save yourself but you have like almost no time because they're almost about to give up because you know you at a certain point they stop trying to resuscitate you yeah so i started like breathing as hard as i could and then the paramedic got me to start breathing again down on earth and then everybody high-fived him and i woke up and Callie was on your chest. It, it was just Ca- it was just Callie breathing on my face, right. basically, and snoring and in, you and in. literally snoring into my open mouth. Yes, and drawing the oxygen out of your lungs. Yeah, and um, eating yeah, and eating like herbal supplements that had fallen out of my hand. So yeah, um, now that was a real dream. Isn't that kind of scary? Not to get too deep on playing with balls, but do you do you have? issues with your mortality or do you think about it is it something that bothers you or is it like something you've accepted i um well you know this is very appropriate for a sports podcast so i think we should just run with it um yeah i i actually go back and forth on that when i was younger i didn't really worry about it as much because i always just had this weird feeling that i was just gonna live to be in like my 80s and I just like knew that but then as like I got older and like you realize like how fragile life is I started to become a lot more fearful of that um and I don't like but but then also at the same time I've become riskier in like my like life choices which have nothing to do with life or death but just like I'm less safe I would say in like the way I make decisions about like my career, like, you know, things I'm going to do, like whatever. So I think that the counterbalance of maybe something like that is like the risks I'm taking mixed with like how fearful I actually am of right. death. Right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. I think a better way or a different way to put it is that you do. Take <laughs> tell me a better more, way. No, no. I'm like, <laughs> let me exactly tell you what you're going to say. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think. I would agree that, you know, because of the lifestyle that we live, mm-hmm. like where, you know, a lot of comedians don't have health insurance, you know, yeah. and so I spent a lot of time helping uh, comedians this time around get health insurance because it's oh, like, that's nice. well, because they don't, they, you know, people get oh, very, I saw you inti- that yeah, thing, yeah. But people get like really intimidated by like the process and the website yeah. and like, and it's really not that hard. Like I pay uh, I'm not embarrassed to say I pay like $63 a month for health insurance because of my income level, but yeah. like it's decent health insurance yeah. and everybody should have it. And everyone's like, oh, I'm, I'm fit as a fiddle. Like, yeah, but like you can't help it if a drunk driver hits you or you can't help it. Like if you just all of a sudden just get a mysterious illness, like, or you have to go to the emergency room, do you know how much that shit costs? Oh my no God. One, even with insurance. Yeah. It's really, it's a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about like with it's more It's funny. Time? So like I went through like this whole phase and, and, and um, like in my 20s where I was like, you know, 
like deathly afraid of death and i was like i'd like list like listen to pink floyd and like like did like 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 was just searching for all these answers and was just like man one day i'm gonna die and then one day i just woke up and i'm like that's eh, gonna happen you know what i mean like you can't yeah like all you can do is like live the best life and yeah i, I think a lot of that played a part in regards to like me leaving corporate america mm-hmm. that i spent like 13 years like high profile sales jobs right. like making tons of money and i'm just like Eh, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, because you're going to die one day and life yeah. is short, you know, and not again, not to get like, I know this is like kind of a lighthearted podcast, but like, like for me, a defining moment was like on 9-11 when like, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like this could all go away in the blink of an eye. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And for me, it was just like, well, I don't want to like be stuck in some cubicle unhappy. Now, yeah. a lot of people work in cubicles and are perfectly happy. Yeah. A lot of people work in cubicles are unhappy, but have great hobbies or great families or great, you know, but it the works thing for that, them. Yeah, it works for them. But the thing that I'm passionate about is comedy. Right. You know what I mean? And so like, I knew that I'm willing to give up this like security and mm-hmm. lifestyle and health, health, you know, great health, health, health insurance benefits, yeah. because I know that, um, this is what I want to do. Now, what I have found in the meantime is that, like, I don't miss any of the luxuries that I had in my life. You That's know? good. I don't miss those things. The only thing I miss, and I and I say it jokingly, is like, <clears throat> I miss the ability to eat at any restaurant I like. Because mm-hmm. I, I love food and I love eating at nice restaurants. Yeah. And, like, that was just my little fun thing that I always did. Yeah. But to buy something with money that you earned by telling a joke mm-hmm. like makes it taste that much better. Yeah. Like Chipotle tastes awesome because I use I I paid for it with money that I'd made yeah. doing what I love. Yeah. The other thing is is that like there are if you figure out the system there are ways to get health insurance. There mm-hmm. are things like Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act that help you have affordable insurance and right. because <clears throat> the government I think I feel wants us to have a healthy population because it's more expensive to take care of a sick person totally than it is to just provide health care to a healthy person absolutely you know what i'm saying yeah and so i think the misconception with the way that the government looks at health care is the way that it was set up um by obama and sure. a lot of their the opposition to it and there have been some changes but for the most part we still have pretty good it's not as far as i have never yet been on obamacare i yeah. will be next sure, year sure. um but i from what i understand it was like awesome and then it's like almost just as awesome with like with some of the changes yeah that they you know for, from a per, like i know that i know what they passed from affordable right. health care but like from you as a person like there's been like a tw- some tweaks right it's, yeah. it's a little bit more expensive it's a little bit less uh uh of the breath of maybe like the plan as yeah. before but it's still like fine and now i just learned this thing um that they have epos which i heard are like this there's this new like healthcare just because if people actually want to know more about healthcare this is a good addition there's a brand new um healthcare provider this year oscar i think the name is okay. and it's it's offered under covered california and they um are an epo and so they're a cross between an hmo and a ppo and everybody knows a ppo is the best you know yeah. um because i know a lot of people with hmos under Obamacare or whatever cover California that um, are like I just have it so I can have health insurance yeah. which is still important but it's yeah. like not the be- you know right. it's not the same and in, and, in, and apparently it's awesome oh, wow. um, and it's like a cro- and it's like a hybrid and yeah. it's a and so they're doing some in- I guess my point is I won't get yeah. too deep into it but like for me next year like that's something I would look into because I want the best health care possible but I yeah. also like and there are certain things that I don't want to give up but when you talk about like and and I would say that we do get deep on the podcast when it comes to like the connection between like comedy sports life like but yeah. but and so it's a, I think it's appropriate to say to talk about like you know just the different way that you look at life and like risk and sure. I think that's something we do talk about a lot on here and you're one of the rare ones that I don't, that has 
the similar a similar background to me yeah. um, in terms of being and I talk about it all the time being in the corporate world for yeah. um, over a decade and then transitioning into a much riskier lifestyle <clears throat> and then also um, how that's so awesome and it lifts a lot of those things that you're talking about with like fear of death and like yeah. you know because you're living yeah. you know but the the job what I think I struggle with and I'm sure you struggle with this from time to time is uh the the job that we do with comedy it's so hard to make it mm -hmm. that sometimes you have your good it's just like anything else you have your good days and your bad days so on your good days you're like I am living this life I'm not gonna end up in a cubicle and I and if I died tomorrow I mean I didn't accomplish all the things I wanted but at least I did that you yeah. know but I still think on the bad days, you're like, fuck, this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you know, two things I'll say is 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 something I've always lived by is never have two bad days in a row. Like, so on the I first, like that. you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you can always be, you're going to be crabby. You're going to have a bad day. I'm going to write that down. But then on the second day, like, go do something for yourself. Like, just pull up your bootstraps. You know, even if it means just going to a movie or, like, doing something fun or you know, like whatever it is, like, yeah. but don't have two bad days in a row. Yeah. And, you know, like I think the other day I was, you know, I, I was having, I'm like, you know what? Today I need to just watch TV, not look at the email, not yeah. worry about my career, not look at the calendar. Like, I'm just going to watch TV, get caught up on my te television. And I did. And then the next day, like, all right, back to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like never have two bad days in a row. And the other thing is like one of my mentors is uh, Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm. And um, when we first met, I sent him an email and I said, look, you know, I feel like I've got some talent. I feel like I'm, I'm a funny comedian. I'm like, but I don't understand the business aspect of show business. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice? And within like a day, I got like his two page email from awesome. him. And he started the email. And I'll never forget it, which was which, which was. I want you to forget about the concept of making it. He's mm. like, I want you to let go of that concept. He's like, if you're on stage and you're telling jokes and somebody's handing you a little bit of money, he's like, you've made it already. Oh, now, I like it, that. Now, it may not be as much money as you want, yeah. and it may not be as much stage time or the right stage. He goes, but you're doing what you love. And I think a lot of comedians that are grinding like you and I yeah. lose perspective in regards to like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah, there's yeah. always somebody that's next to us that, you know, a buddy of mine just got a Chris Red just got Saturday Night Live. I yeah. could not be more happy for the yeah, guy. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I could not be more proud of the guy. Yeah. Would I love to be on Saturday Night Live? Of course. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be? But right. Like, but like you lose perspective when you're grinding away of the, the fact that you're actually getting up, you're telling a joke and you're making people laugh. I you think I, mean? I absolutely <laughs> agree. And I think it's hard. I think one thing that's helped me, and I think this is what you're saying, is there was a day where I just decided it was like maybe a year ago to stop comparing myself to yeah. other people because I didn't know I was doing it, but it was making me feel bad. And right. I was finding that I wasn't as happy for other people because I was like secretly jealous of their success. And it, not that I didn't want them to have it. Right. I was just, it made me feel bad about myself. And I sort of, and I, and I, when I say I shifted my perspective, I, I, it's not like I was like, oh, I need to shift my perspective. I did shift my perspective and it opened so many more doors yes. for me because I realized, and I saw this really great thing that Chelsea Handler said, she told a story about similar, yeah. how she got, she, there was like a showcase at the improv like years ago and she, her friend was really funny and she invited, she was like, you need to be in this too. But Chelsea had been grinding 
grinding it out and her friend had just started comedy but she and her friend got the showcase chelsea didn't and that's she's like well i didn't do that so that would happen blah 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 and her whole point of the thing was her of the message was you don't need to step on someone else's light to make yours brighter right and there's enough um of the piece of the pie for all of us yeah and you know one one uh, there's so many things I want to say about this. There, one interesting thing too, and this is why I have been trying to surround myself with a lot of different, like, good people in yeah. comedy because yeah. there's a lot of good people, and sure. you know, and 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 just in the business, um, yeah. and, and that that can provide these different perspectives. Because I also think too, like, if you ever watch any documentary, this is something I was talking with my girl group, my girl comedian group, which is like <laughs> Ariel and Dana and yeah. Carrie and Jenna and and some of those people, is like. We got to stick together and we need to like help each other too, Mm -hmm. because that's how you can also stay motivated when other people believe in you. And maybe they don't, they don't necessarily need to like know everything about your talent and like blah, 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 but like know who you are as a person and like what you're capable of and what you, you know, because any like documentary you ever watch, like the Spielberg documentary, um, anything with like Judd Apatow, like anything about all, um, the, uh, who is it? Dr. Dre, the defiant ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of these groups came up together. Right. So Steven Spielberg back in, the, I always think about that. So back in the George day, Lucas and yeah, yeah they're yeah. all sitting around like Spielberg, Scorsese, yeah. um, uh, George, uh, Martin is, no, wait, wait no, yeah. who, the guy from, uh, star Wars, George it, Lucas, George Lucas. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. who you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just changed his name um, <laughs> to the guy who wrote game of Thrones. Yeah. 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 I George R.R. Martin was there. Yeah. No, we're not including him. He's... Mario Puzo from the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> just everybody was there. Yeah. Just like poor as poor right. as you can imagine. But like, I am obsessed with those stories. Cause I, to, to your point, like have having to make it, I've always said that I'm okay. My definition of success is just like, is doing it and ha- and doing it for a living that it pays the bills and that like, I'm happy and it's not a job, but also I don't have to be like the biggest star in the world. I always think it would be satisfying for me to be like, Oh, that's that girl from that show who is funny. Or yeah. I saw her one time in that thing. Right. I, they don't even need to know my name, I, but that's me adding value and not having to be like, yeah. you know, fucking JLo or whatever. But, I th- I do think that those people come up together yeah. and um, I want to one day be in the documentary and that's that became a new goal of mine and I was telling the girls this where we're all like we were all sitting around having dinner at yeah. like Shannon's house. You know, like I want, because that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Successful people flock together and you always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. And I think that it you, you rise up together, you know? So that always sort of makes me feel better too when I feel like alone in this process. Yeah. You're not really alone. I mean, but being a comedian can also be a weird mind fuck on its own. Oh, In addition yeah. to all the things that we're talking about, you yeah. know, the it, psyche. It is. It's, it's something that, you know, I, I very... Very early on when I got to Los Angeles, somebody was, uh, Bobby Lee was bringing up a comedian and he, he said, and Bobby Lee was on Mad TV and he's, he, he's, he's one of those guys, if you saw him, you knew exactly who he is. Yeah. Right? Bobby Lee. Every, yeah. yeah. I feel like, and he's probably better known now that he's been on Judd Apatow's yeah. Love and yeah. something else. I forget. Yeah. But he, great guy. Always. Fucking hysterical. Yeah. Always open to talk to you. And, and, and he was bringing somebody up and he said, this next comedian is a perfect example of someone who just doesn't quit. You know, like in comedy is one of those things. If you just don't quit, something good will happen. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like whether or not you're feeling financially distressed or you're feeling like, you know, you want to give up or you want to just like quit, like 
at like at the end of the day, I have a, a bed I get to sleep in. I have a car I can drive. Yeah. I have affordable health insurance. I have some food in my fridge. Like all these things that I had when I had all the money in the world can't compare to like the the gifts that I have now. But you haven't had chicken pox yet. So. But I haven't. Had I mean, chicken it could all be taken I mean, away from this you. Is dead man walking. It could right? all be taken away from you yeah. at yeah. any point, Ken. Yeah. But no, I do love talking to you, and I and yeah. and I do love your perspective because I I think my where I am trying to get is a little bit closer to not missing some of the the fringe benefits or not I wouldn't say fringe because I've you worked love your shoes I do love you my love shoes. shoes I do yes. love my shoes yeah. and um <laughs> I really do you I, know I got a kick out of your earthquake readiness <laughs> it was just Louboutins <laughs> yeah yeah it was like Louboutins. there wasn't any water there was no Callie wasn't even in my lamps. fucking car she wasn't even there no no every I, man for himself no but it was it you was Louie it was all of my shoes yeah um, which I also decided I could sell on eBay, mm-hmm. even though they're used down the road. And that would feed me for a while because yeah. people will buy used uh, designer shoes because they, they, even though your feet have been in them. Right. That's gross. Sadly and surprisingly, yeah. surprisingly and sadly, um, they don't depreciate in value as much as you would think. One would think. I would think not. Yeah. They're well, Italian leather shoes. Yeah. But even though somebody will buy my used shoes because yeah. I've sold them before, but it's gross. It yeah. is. It is gross. But, um, but yeah, I think some of those things that I have, and I don't want to say fringe benefits because that would assume that they came with the territory versus they were things that I worked hard for. Like sure. they were the things that did give me ulcers and stress and, you know, uh, made me feel trapped because I like was working so hard and I didn't know any other way at a, yeah. at a certain point, you know, like yeah. there was that point in probably in your career where you might have felt before comedy. I don't know if you felt similarly, but I did, I did like those things that I could buy. And then now I'm like, well, I have to just maintain them because I really can't buy, be buying anymore yeah. until. And so I, maybe that is a career goal of, of like a fi- from a financial standpoint. And that's OK. I think that's OK. But I do wish that I was more of a minimalist in that way. And I just am honest with myself that I'm not, you know, I, I think I just kind of came to to realize that I didn't care about money as much as I thought I did. You know and that's I mean? good. I was in the hardware store. I was in Home Depot with my parents one time. We're just buying a kitchen faucet. And my mom, by default, a child a, a child of the the, the uh, Great Depression, mm-hmm. right, uh, born in 1942, she was just like, well, there's some great plastic fixtures over here, sweetie. And I'm like, and I looked at my mom and I'm like, I'm I'm wealthy, mom. Like I like I'm in, like like yeah. I'm a managing director at Nasdaq. I make a ton of money. I'm yeah. going to buy this nickel plated faucet. Yeah. It's going in my house. You know what I mean? And I, as soon as I said it, I felt like the biggest, biggest douchebag douche, yeah. in the world. And my dad is just like, "All right, douche. You know, like dinner's on you for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, forever. But like, but but like, it didn't matter. Like like I had all like all this money and like. I didn't have anything really. Like, I didn't care yeah. about anything, you know. And yeah. I was like, and I always tell the story, and I apologize. I might have even told this on the podcast last time I was a visitor. But like, I was in the office of the CFO of like Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'm like, we're working on this negotiation, and I just it just clicked, and I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Mm. Like, I'm gonna go do an open mic tonight in a city I've never visited, which is Minneapolis. I go, and I'm gonna have more fun doing that than I am sitting here negotiating some stupid contract that I don't I didn't you know what I mean and I was yeah. just done I was done and I and I put together a plan and over the next six months I saved up every like dollar I had I changed my lifestyle and minimized I rented out my house I sold my furniture and I got in a car and I left and I just didn't want to do it anymore and that's and that in and of itself is a huge 
success and victory. And yeah. because I think when you tell that, st- when you, st- and I don't, I don't, mm, I mean, you've, t- I think you've told me that story sure. before, but I, I don't know. But um, I think when you say that and you, like I compare it to, or I think about like what that means to me, I think that's really admirable. And I think that's for anybody that's like trying to make a change in yeah. their life to, to, be, to be able to like intentionally be super aware of it. And, and when you have that aha moment, like really, um, address it yeah because i think for myself i've always i feel like i and i'm getting better i'm not i'm not as bad as i used to be but i've always been very aware that i have to like learn things the hard way because i will have those moments but i'll fight i'll work against them yeah and and i don't address them as well um because i'm like but no this is what i'm supposed to do and i'll hate it and i and and i and i've become a lot better at addressing it um and i and i think it's also this weird like old school maybe like east coast mentality because that's like where how i was raised too it's like so i have to so it's not it's not just me being afraid of change it's also like no this is how the world works yeah and this is what i was taught and this is what my dad would do and this is what my parents you know whatever this is what they taught me and so i i'm like i've been conditioned and a lot of us i think have been conditioned when something doesn't feel right you don't really address it you you just like right away because you don't know how because it's just never nothing is ever supposed to feel perfect and if it feels perfect you're not really doing the work and you're being indulgent or silly or whatever and that's why i never majored it in what i wanted to major in because yeah. i didn't want to be indulgent and silly and like not be make oh, money yeah i was the same way yeah you know i i got my degree in finance in the university of iowa and that was after i had dropped a pre-law major which is what my mom wanted me to be an attorney mm-hmm. because she wanted me to have financial security and and job security and all that stuff i'm like well mom there's shitty lawyers out there too yeah there's poor lawyers out there too oh you know yeah I mean? but but when I look at like I wish you know I eventually went to Second City and trained for improv at the conservatory. Mm-hmm. But like if I had done that when I graduated from high school, I don't regret any decisions I've made. But like at that time, Steve Carell and mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert and Tina Fey were all at Second City at that time. Jeez, can you imagine that graduate? But like you say, that graduating class, they all came up together, right? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so like I don't again, I don't regret any of the decisions I made. But like I can only imagine if I went back and said, hey, instead of going to the University of Iowa, I'm gonna go to Second City. I'm gonna study improv. And yeah, I'm gonna figure this out. But like very much and that's why our backgrounds are very similar like very blue collar families very mm-hmm. hard working families and the whole thing was like you get a job you get a pension you get a health in, you know you get health insurance you have some kids and then you go on with your lives and my, my parents are very happy and they're very successful but yeah. for me i was just given this like tiny bit of talent of being able to make people laugh and i just love it so much yeah that all those other things go away that's and i think it's good that you no i mean you're very like well adjusted for i think for the the the, with the mentality that you have in the situation that you came from and people will say that which i do not believe that well because i like to think i'm somewhat well adjusted um that well adjusted (laughs) people aren't funny um i disagree because it's not like we're like going into it being like you know the Robin Williams of the world, you know, the people that kind of do it till it makes them insane, you know? But I also think that having that perspective, like I'm glad that I, didn't go into it not being well adjusted because I think this business would have eaten me alive 10 years uh, ago for sure I would fucking I would just for sure I would just go hide in the corner yeah. like I mean that's what I would do because I just know who I was at that point yes, and I couldn't agree more yeah so I think it's everything happens for a reason and it yeah. led and it you know it led us both to LA into doing what we wanted to, you know doing what we want to do and yeah. you know ha- me having a podcast called playing with balls that um so is proud. wildly successful so proud yeah thank you I mean you helped me uh, you helped me when I revamped it 
it. So, you know, you know what I think my the my listeners have to be really happy about right now, though, is the fact that we're not talking about Philadelphia sports because I have no interest in talking about. Philadelphia I know you sports. don't. And that's not you guys are just terrible people. <laughs> we're not terrible, terrible people. Terrible fans. Oh, wait, do you really believe that? I think a lot of Philly fans like you guys need to relax a little bit. Do you feel that way about me? Pers- like as a Philly person? I think you're very passionate about <laughs> Philly sports, Clemson sports, yeah. and I love the passion. I'm, I'm, I love passion and seeing passion. Yeah, but you're not one of those girls that will like get drunk and get into like fights or like talk shit. You're just a positive fan. I mean, I, I appreciate that too. Actually, yeah. that means a lot to me because I, I, um, I used to get into a lot m- more fights. Sure. About it, and I think it was be- just because I was a lot more hot headed. Yeah. And I don't even like saying that because that just like is like such a quintessential like Philly person, yeah. you know. But I also, um, I also think that uh, it's like my podcast is an outlet for me to be able to do that which is cool yeah. but then I also have to remember that it's not completely about Philadelphia sports right. um, with with some Clemson sprinkled in yeah, yeah. you know and I realized that in the last like three months mm-hmm. like I've like except with except for like one podcast it's like been only Philly yeah. and even the last person I had on it um, it, it wasn't it was just because of scheduling I didn't even do it on purpose was somebody who played for the Eagles oh yeah so, I saw that guy. yeah so that's why I thought let's just I'd like to just not take do, a break yeah well because you know I mean it's not a, it's not a completely Philadelphia podcast so I don't want the uh, my other listeners who have been very loyal and some people have written in because I keep saying that too like guys it's you know it's just we won the Super Bowl so just yeah. spare you know it's a good year for all Philly. Absolutely. You know, when the White Sox won the World Series. It's all I talked about for six months. And imagine, yeah. and um, yeah, and so now I'm do- I'm I'm done sure. talking about the it for a minute. Kinda, you're sw- sw- sweeping up the confetti and moving. yeah, I mean yeah. because you know the Flyers and the Sixers. I mean they're on the cusp of both making the playoffs, and so mm-hmm. you know I, I will talk about that at some point. You know, yeah. um, but I think uh, we need to take a break. And I said to this to you before the podcast. I certainly did not invite you here to, to get deep and heavy into Chicago sports oh. because I don't want. I also don't want to lose listeners oh. for that reason too. I don't know why you would lose listeners. Well, yeah, it's an amazing sports town. I mean, I love Chicago. It has and it, better food. I just than mean like I just mean in terms. Okay, that I disagree with. I do not agree with the food statement. Yeah. And I'm just saying because Chicago is so. Like just from a record standpoint, I'm not talking shit, Ken. I'm just yeah. telling you facts you already know about the White Sox the Cubs, this the past Cubs year. Are in the playoffs. Um, oh, I well, you hate the Cubs. So I do I, hate the Cubs. So I, but they're still a Chicago team. But, okay, so now you're the Bulls so, are oh, rebuilding. So, so now you're owning the Cubs. Well, you're, 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 oh, it's this isn't this is adorable. Let this, me just say, I'm not oh, owning wow. the Cubs at all. Okay, no, okay. No, no, no. I do hate the Cubs. I know more you than do. Life itself. I know you do. But. When you're going to attack Chicago, first of all, Loyola Chicago is in the final four. I know. That is true. All right. You have uh, the Blackhawks for the first time in 12 years are not probably not going to make the playoffs. No. But they have. They're not. They're, they've won they three Stanley Cups in the last, what, 12 years? Oh, yeah. I was just talking about like the current like last past year. Of, See, like... this is what drives me nuts about. And we're, fine, <laughs> we'll get into it, right? You guys win this, the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden like all Philly sports reign supreme. 
That's well, not the case. Okay. The, the Flyers aren't going to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, you the don't know that. The 76ers are not going to win the fucking NBA. Probably, probably not. No. Look, I'm not delusional. I right. know. But that's also, I'm just, uh, uh, all, I'm a, all I'm recognizing, and I'm not saying that Philly reigns supreme. I actually, the Phillies I, are still terrible. If, well, baseball is really not in the. That if said every Philly, said, wait, first of all, says, says every Philly sports okay. fan. Well, where, the did the, don't count. where did the White Phillies Sox finish last year? Okay. They have the, probably the. The in, in three years they'll be contending for the World Series. Okay, and the and the Phillies are not fight me on that fans. Look, and I'm I'm not I didn't say the Phillies don't count. I said the Phillies don't count for this conversation. And when we're talking about current sports, because we're not in the thick of baseball season here, you okay. know what I mean. But we're no, not and, thick of any season. And I know hockey and well, hockey and basketball we yeah. are. Yeah, but so but no, I would never say the Phillies don't count. I'm just saying that, and they've been terrible for years, and I still support them. It's not yeah. like I don't. You know, I mean, it. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. Uh, and you do too. Yeah. Um, just like a lot of other fans of teams that have sucked for years yeah. or never won a Super Bowl. My entire life, I know what it feels like to not live in a successful, to not have a successful sports city. I've been watching the Sixers for years and they're fucking, they're, and since the Iverson era, the most annoying team to watch up until yeah. this past year and last year a little bit. And the Flyers have always been like, Mer. you know, they've had their their good years, they their won, bad years. They won a Stanley Cup, didn't they? 75. Oh, is that the last? Oh, they were in. It, and they, lo- they, they lost. No, they won. The last time they won was seventy five. Okay, the last they were in the Stanley Cup, though. Since then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Who'd they, they lose to. Um, they lost to the Red Wings. I think. Oh, okay. Um, I think they lost to the Blackhawks too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the last time they won, at least they won one. They won one when my parents were seniors in high school. Because so, well, the parade was in seventy six. I don't know. I just think that Sixers were eighty three. Maybe this isn't a fair comparison, but like. Anytime I talk to somebody from Philly, the conversation ultimately becomes sports. And I think that you guys identify so much with Philly sport, like sports, that it's Mm -hmm. just like, cool. But like, you're one of the most historically interesting cities in the world. Oh, I thought you were going to say people. Thank you. No, no, no. Well, no, you're not interesting at all. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, (laughs) Ken. There it is. It took an hour, but we got it out. (laughs) Yeah. But like it's just like the default. Like it's like somebody from New York. It's like within fifteen seconds of meeting somebody from New York, they're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm Ted. I'm from New York." Like I didn't ask Ted. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care where you're from. I know. I could tell because you have a Yankees hat, Yankees jacket, and you're wearing a Jeter jersey. Like I knew you're from New York. Well, no oh time. God, yeah. You're eating New York style pizza that um, you bought on Sunset. Okay, mm-hmm. which we can agree our pizza is better than New York pizza. What? New York and like Chicago and Philly is better than New York. I oh, think so. Oh God, yeah. I've yeah. never had Philly pizza. Okay, so uh, you? Oh, I'm not. Did you think? Do you mean West? That was referring to West Coast. I thought you meant that uh, New York pizza was better than Chicago pizza. No. Or that Philly pizza was better than Chicago pizza. Philly pizza is better than it Chicago. It is not. You've never fucking had it. You just said I it. I just know it. Okay. In my all right now soul. you're now you're acting like uh you know a Chicago person or whatever or or how you claim Philly to people to be. You have to have the pizza to know it's not the best pizza. Okay. I am telling you, I'm from southern New Jersey, and the pizza from the Jersey Shore is better than any pizza That's I've ever had. Thing that cracks me up in my whole life is that most of the people that love Philly aren't even live in Philly. You're from Southern New Jersey. So why, don't you, why aren't you a Devils fan? Where, why New would I, Devils. Why the fuck would I be a Devils fan? Why aren't you a Giants fan? Who, who plays Ew. New, who play Jets? Ew. The Jets play Ew. in Jersey, we're, don't they? We're getting done with this in a minute. <laughs> the, 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 ew, come on. 
because you, because culturally you, you don't understand the how area. How far do you live from Philadelphia, the city? Uh, it's three thousand miles. No, 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 no. Like from where you grew up. Fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you're so like now living I'm living. In, okay, so you're like a suburb of. So okay, this is a great example. Let me let me give you a breakdown on the school me. where on the tri-state area. Please. Okay. I'm from South Jersey, which is basically like a suburb of Philly. Yes. And that's the that's what people that's what it's you know, consider there's suburbs on the Philly side and there's suburbs on the Jersey side. The difference is you have to go over a bridge. Yeah. So it's technically another state. Okay. Um, but it's Philadelphia. It's an extent like when my when How far do the New Jersey Devils play from you? Like two hours. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that yeah, helps yeah. That clears and Meadowlands right. um, are, are t- yeah. two hours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's where the Giants play? Yes. Okay. And technically, they're New York, so, yeah. I mean, you could yell at those Jersey people, too, and yeah. be like, you suck. But anyways, what, but... But there, nor, there's a diff, there's a uh, a lot like there's South Jersey, there's Central Jersey, and there's North Jersey. Yeah. And um and there's a part of Jersey that nobody cares about, which is Central. So <laughs> I, th- I thought it was just called New Jersey. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, when somebody <laughs> says they're from, Cent- in fact, I'm dating this guy that's from Central Jersey. Yeah. And I told him I, the first uh, the first thing I said to him was like, um, are what are you from Manalapin? Cause it's the only town I'd ever heard of or been to in yeah. central Jersey. And he goes, actually I am from Manalapin. I was wow. like, case in point. Cause like not, cause it's like, I only know one town and no, that nobody cares about and you're from it. But then I also explained to him, I'm like central Jersey is like that. It's like that gray noise in the TV, like from poltergeist. It's like, Meh. like it's like when you're driving through it, it's like just a stop place where it, that exists. So if you have to pee maybe on your way yeah. to like New York from like New Jersey, like South Jersey, um, that's why it exists. But South Jersey is clearly Philadelphia mm-hmm. and North Jersey is clearly New York. And then central is just that silly part that people, are, I guess, live in. But like nobody knows why. So you insult where the guy's from and he's just like. We should go out. Yeah. Okay. But that's because he's from Jersey too, and yes, you know sure they're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's just how we talk to each yeah, other. Yeah. You know, but you were actually flirting. <laughs> I I was actually in the New Jersey language by insulting <laughs> right. someone. Yeah. yeah. And where they're from and everything that they know. Yeah. Um. But they don't. They don't have. They have like a lack of identity there. Right. But but yeah. So so. But the biggest the biggest problem I would say like my grand my uh, my mom is from. Like uh, my dad's from South Philly because that's Irish, uh, and then my mom's from I forget West or Northeast. That's where their parents are from. And then when they met and they wanted to save money and buy a bigger house, they moved to South Jersey. Yeah, you know, so you don't so that it, so that's what it is. But I do tell people, well, or in my stand up too, I have some regional stuff I talk about. Yeah. I used to say South Jersey because sometimes you know in your mind you want to be honest, like extremely like factual but then i realized nobody fucking knows what that is i mean you don't and i don't expect you to but um except for offending me greatly with the the giants comment Mm -hmm. but it but it's because but then i'll say i'm from jersey and then it doesn't really make as much sense because i really am talking from a philly perspective right um i just happen to be from over the bridge but i'll even get shit from comedians like eleanor kerrigan who grew up in the city and is like this bougie bitch over here right she's from south jersey but she recognizes me as being from the hood she just calls me like bougie and like you know i didn't have to grow up with the same like school of hard knocks as her because i didn't grow up like you know playing baseball with a rock and a stick or something you know because my parents were rich which they weren't hot right um but also i remember people you like you talk about like hey i'm so-and-so from like fucking new york and you're like great i don't care and people would do that to me like even after sets they'd be like hey do you know like my cousin like bob he's from like passaic county i'm like new jersey is like not like yeah i know bob from i don't even know where passaic county is yeah because it it is very like 
different culturally. Yeah, but it's, it's like just, north side, south side in Chicago. It basically tries not to be its own state. It just tries to be suburbs of others. Suburbs of other gotcha. states. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> And then central in the middle is like, we don't know what we are. So, but I, I still don't really understand like their sports affiliations in the middle part of the state or, yeah. or like any of that. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's the, um, the very long winded, uh, cultural history of and the tri-state area grew to love philadelphia sports well it's not that i grew to love it i just i had to like yeah. wasn't a choice you right. know like my dad like one of my greatest memories and you know on this thing we tell baller stories and yeah. if you would like to tell one you're you are more than welcome because that's sure. usually how we what we start to do towards the end of the podcast um but one of my stories is like more like my emotional connection to sports and the mm -hmm. eagles and it's i talk a lot about how like my dad, um, before my brother was born, drugged me to all the things, you know, and he, it was like he forced me to, because he didn't, he just, he was a young guy. He's like only like 23 when I was born. Yeah. And very like macho guy and just didn't know how to like have a daughter. So like he just treated me like I was a boy. Mm -hmm. And he would, um, make me play all the sports. He'd make me go to Flyers games. He'd make me go to the Eagles games, but he would do it like, like because my parents didn't have a lot of money when I was little we'd go to like veteran stadium and he would like pretend like I, my parents would always like pretend like I was like six months old when I was like 10 you know like you know like wrap me up in a blanket and like carry me were you Benjamin Button <laughs> I'm like, no, but it's a, it's a huge exaggeration yeah, but like yeah. kids under like five get in free right so I'd be like seven yeah you know and a diaper on you yeah he was it, it was it's psychologically um things I'm still working through to this day yeah, okay sure, he also sure. thought I was a boy because I was very ugly and um till I, till I hit puberty or maybe like five years ago but either way um <laughs> I, uh, I was a late bloomer, but he, he would sit me on his lap so we wouldn't pay for an extra seat because yeah. um, I was like a baby. Right. And I remember seeing like Randall Cunningham play and, and nobody's saying anything to me. Uh, me just watching him play and thinking, wow, I've seen other quarterbacks play and like this guy does something different and really witnessing very organically from like a child's perspective, uh, like one of the one of the first like running quarterbacks, a different style yeah, for that yeah. time. And also like really developing a very great appreciation for it, for the experience, yeah. for, for like that time with my dad, for just seeing, watching like my sports team play. And so that's for me, I think where it stems from. Yeah. It's definitely uh, rooted in football, but I grew up watching every single Phillies game. Um, I would fall asleep and wake up and they'd still be playing, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay with that that's actually one of the th reasons i loved baseball i'm like i can turn this shit on i can do a million things i can come back it's still gonna be here it's yeah. always on it's like yeah. four hours yeah. so i i really did uh grow to love sports but also like and when you grow up in the family that i grew up in on my dad's side like you don't have a choice yeah like it is what it is like they're that whole like silver lining playbook family basically yeah but just like not as insane with as many like mental disorders right you know <laughs> But um, yeah, so that's that's where it came from. So like yeah. what? But and, and do you, don't you think Chicago is very much a similar city in that way for sports? Like you, you there's well, so much nostalgic because, feelings. I think because we're such a city divided as far as baseball goes. Yeah. But like, here's the thing about Chicago sports. It's like when we are the best, we're the best ever of all time. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like the '85 Bears, <laughs> you talk about them like sound like you're twelve. We're the best ever of all time. Right. Like so like when we do have our 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 championships, like they're they're like a story that the whole country gets behind. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. the chain like we had the greatest basketball player that ever lived. 
you yeah, know, hands down. Totally. We had one of the greatest running backs ever, Walter Payton. Yeah. You, we had the best defense that ever played yeah. the game. One of the best teams that ever played the game, the 85 Bears, right? So, yeah. like, you, you had six NBA championships. And then the Blackhawks, you know, the owner died and his son took over. And he's like, you know what? We want Chicago back because they blacked out games. And they, they brought in this marketing guy and they, they got in, they got K's, no, excuse me, Kane. They got Tays. They got yeah. Crawford and Goal. They got Duncan Keith. You know, so they put together this, like, amazing team and then the white Sox in 05 lost one playoff game the whole time yeah they swept the astros in 05 they had this team that like barely could win a game in the second half and just squeaked into the playoffs and ended up winning like the whole like so like and yeah. then the cubs they they had that big rain delay and give it like this the guy who barely could you know hit a ball you know got the big contract i can't remember his name i apologize but like gave the speech in the locker room and they came out and they won the game and yeah. it was a, the best world series of all time so yeah. like when chicago gets involved like the whole country gets involved yeah I and that's agree. what i love about chicago sports yeah. is that like it's like we're always, like we can always be the underdog but like everyone's rooting for us when we finally get there i would say that's a really great way to describe chicago and by the way when i said that chicago sports doesn't matter and that we would lose listeners yeah. i just meant like if we talked topically about oh, yeah, sports yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah not like in general of course yeah. but like I, and i don't actually have no issue with chicago sure. like um i but i you know one thing i would say is because of the way that you just described chicago i it makes me angry and i you, you know i like i hate like the dallas cowboys and stuff yeah. but it makes me angry that that they that like america would call like them america's team cuz really it should be one of the one of the, like the greatest cities in the country chicago or philly or something but you know what mm. i mean like really rooted in um just like this history of what you sort of described everybody in the nation gets involved when they and and i think of very much we have less experience with that because we also we have a lot less championships but in <laughs> in general yeah. but like when when the eagles were in the super bowl I really think the country sort of rallied behind them too. They I really so. did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, when, when you look at that, it, it, and these sports teams have been around since the beginning of time. Right. Um, that, that those are really like that. Those are the teams that define like American sports, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's Not the collar, Dallas Cowboys. It's hard, no, it's hardworking. It's blue collar. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, you can't well, say what you will about Philly fans, but they live and breathe and are loyal. You're you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm one of them. I know. Yeah, you you're know? this bougie girl out in Santa Monica, California, <laughs> and you're still <laughs> won't give up her Louis Vuittons uh, for her dreams. <laughs> I I am a lot less bougie than I used to be. That's for sure. A lot less bougie. What kind of car are you driving these days? L listen, <laughs> I'm really proud of my car. Okay, my car. I I drive. I gave her this big pep talk. You like did. You, you gotta like minimize. You gotta like. You and then and then you just sent me a picture of your little cute Lexus. I'm I like, okay. okay. So here's what I but he, I know but here's the here's the <laughs> argument that I'll make and this is this is something I that I have done my whole life mm -hmm. and it's always worked out. I mean up to this point I'm still alive and everything's yeah. great. Um, except for my nightmares about me dying and stuff. I needed a new car and I had a Nissan Murano and I was just going to rock it till the wheels fell off. Yep. But then I had a secret transmission problem and it's not that old and I needed to get rid of it immediately. So I need a car. Yeah. So what I decided was this is what I can pay for a car. And it's not a matter of like um, paying $20 more $50 less I'm like either I can I can afford a car yeah. a new car or I can't because right. you know uh that's what that's what it is and I and so I 
to, I said I decided I want a Lexus. I've always wanted a Lexus because they're the best cars ever and they're great. Yeah. And I feel I very my car fucking drives itself. It keeps yeah. telling me I'm swerving all the time. It even sent me a picture of coffee the other day, <laughs> and it said pull over and take a coffee break. And I'm like I'm not I'm not tired. <laughs> and then what was just a glass of wine? Put it down. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Why is there this, a glass of wine? Stop popping. doing this. Yeah, and it, it it like moves itself over from other cars because it's like you are driving too close to that car. <laughs> I have to breathe into a tube to start it. It's great. So exactly why I have a Lexus because sure. it's good for me but um i decided if i couldn't get it at the price that i or at, the, it, at what i re- decided that i would could your pay, bottom line yeah then i wouldn't get it right and i would drop down to a toyota and i went to four different dealerships and it took me almost a month and i got i got what i wanted yeah i actually got a little bit better than what i wanted i was even surprised yeah but i i i didn't think it was possible at first and then as i kept chipping away at it then i just thought you know, now I'm bitch being annoying because I'm just annoying every dealership in the it. world. I love doing it. I do too. Yes. I love. I am a nightmare for car salesmen. Me too. I and love it. I secretly have sickly. Yeah. Like it. I'll tell, and, that's my baller story. Tell it. That's perfect. Okay. So I'm giving up on my dreams, or no, I'm not giving. I'm giving up on my corporate life. Oh, I thought I'm, that was. No, like, sorry, sorry, I misspoke. The story. I'm giving up on my corporate life, and I'm and I'm trading in a Lexus SUV for a Honda Civic, mm-hmm. right? And so the guy comes in and uh, he's just like, yeah, he's like, well, you know, we took a look at the, the you know, um, Lexus and, you know, we want, we're going to give you this much for the Lexus and we're going to give you, you know, we'll, we'll give you this much, uh, this is what we want for the Civic. And my girlfriend at the time is with me uh-huh. and she's never been around me in a sales mode. And, you know, just like you, uh, you know, when you become a salesperson, they give you training and they constantly are sending you to training and uh-huh. they're sending you to negotiating classes and they're sending you to like, like Tra- I'm yeah. a, a trained negotiator. Yeah. We're like robots right. at this point. Yeah. And I have zero respect for car people. <laughs> zero. None. I worked at a car dealership in high school yeah. and they're just scumbag assholes. Yeah. And I have, and, you, and, and I know that's not true. Some of them are great people. And if you're a, a car dealer guy, I get it, man. You're like, you know what? You're doing what you got to do. But I don't have any respect for them. I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go in to buy this Honda, and this guy, this little, I, I, he's like Indian dude or some Pakistani dude, he comes in, he's like, all right, good news. You know, he does the whole <laughs> thing. Good news. <laughs> We're going to give you $16,000 for your Lexus, and we want $22,000 for the Civic, because it was like, whatever, yeah. the, the good model or whatever. <laughs> and my, yeah. And my girlfriend is sitting there, and I look and I go, why don't you punch my girlfriend in the fucking face? <laughs> and my girlfriend's what? And he goes, what? And I go, that's how insulting this deal is. Get this out of my face. Oh, my God. I everyone, I go, and I balled it up, and I threw it. On Are the, you serious? Oh, yeah, because I don't care about like Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll go get the manager. You know, I go, and I'm going to tell you something right now. I got all day. I brought my lunch. I can sit here for four hours. I go, you want to sweat me out? I'm here for the long haul. And then the, <laughs> the manager came over, and he's like, I'm sorry. What happened? So I go, you're going to give me $16,000 for a Lexus SUV? Are you out of your mind? You oh, know? my God. But my girlfriend had never seen the side of me, and she's like, what are you I go, they're, they're, I don't care. They're scumbags. I go, we're going to get the deal that we want. And I go, and that's that's it. And so finally we get the deal that we want. I think they gave me like 22 grand and I got them down to like 18 grand on that's the awesome. Civic. And then you get the deal you want like you did. Yeah. And so we're sitting in the finance thing and he's just like, all right, man. He goes, uh, we're, we're all kind of wondering like what's going on. And he goes, uh, 
you're trading an Alexis for, for a Civic. He's like, is everything okay? And, and, like, and also, in here, you're like this master fucking negotiator. Right. Yeah. You know? And I go, yeah, man. I go, I'm just I'm moving out to LA and I'm chasing my dreams. He's like, oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they always like, whoa. So like they always try to like, you know, as you learn as a salesperson, they yeah. try to like build a relationship. He's yeah. like, oh, so uh, what kind of work do you do? I'm like, I'm a sales trainer. I would tell every everybody, I'm like, mm. oh, I train salespeople for a living. And you just see the defeat on their face because <laughs> they know all their bullshit's not going to work. And then the satisfaction. <laughs> Yeah, that you have as like just like seeing that drain from there because there is like something oh, yeah. satisfying about that. I would that no, that is a great story, and yeah. I I would say that um, I would say your approach is very unique. Yes, because why did you punch my girlfriend in the <laughs> face? I find that less insulting. I my favorite I I just one of my favorite things to it's not even my favorite thing to do. It's my natural reaction is uh, and it was like a, the first thing that happened when I went into the, my first Lexus dealership and we're sitting there for eighty hours. Yeah. was when he gave me the first deal and he oh, says yeah. like my manager says like blah right, blah blah right. and I um and like there's so many and like there's so many things that like uh, like I know what's going on right now and then I just start laughing yeah and I know that's insulting yeah and I'm like look I want this guy to also you know I don't want to be a dick or anything but I just start laughing and then he just looks at me and I'm like nope go back there now yeah just go back and then I just go back to texting my mom right. like there was one time where I didn't even want to hang up with my sister because I looked at the paper and I was like no and I'm right. having a good conversation <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you please give me more of those muffins? Yeah. And they're like, no, like I was there. I, I even caught the guy talking shit on me too. Yeah. Um, Cause I was there till close and the guy was like, uh, yeah. And then she thinks like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm standing in the parking lot waiting for my car. And I was like, didn't anybody ever tell you that you, um, that you don't talk shit on right. a client two seconds after they walk out the door because they're probably still in right. the vicinity and the ear, you know? Yeah. But all the things, you know? Yeah. And I ended up buying a Lexus from that person. But what he didn't, re- what they didn't really realize either was they were my starting point for negotiation. So yes. I was probably never going to go back to them anyway. I have, uh, so one, two, two things. Number one, uh, if you're in a, a, a salesperson and you're just starting off, go visit as many dealerships as possible. Go talk to as many salespeople. Like, listen to their pitches. Yeah. When I first got started in sales, I was also the marketing guy for this internet Do startup. Do I need to blow my nose? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm by my. Oh. Um, and so I would just bring in all these guys to pitch all their products, radio guys, phone book guys, anybody that would pitch something, I would just sit there and I would listen to their pitch. And that's how I learned how to become a salesperson. It's Ooh. just listening to pitches over and over again. So I'll tell the story real quick. Yes, please do. Um, we're, my ex-wife and I are in the Mediterranean on a cruise and we're going and we're in Turkey and Kusadasi, Turkey, and they've got the Grand Bazaar. Mm-hmm. And nobody's getting off the ship because it's like, you know, f- I think it's like four or five years after like 9-11, and like okay. the country's like 98% Muslim, and everybody's like, oh, America. So we get <laughs> off, uh, and I'm like, we're going. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So we decided we're going to buy these vases, and um, so we're walking around, we get to the Grand Bazaar, and these guys are like, they are baller salespeople. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. going to give up, you know? And so I, we look at this vase, and it's like $200, and it was like, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know what? To your point, you set the market price. Like, mm-hmm. all right, this vase is $200. I go, I'm going to look at some other stores because there's like 100 stores, and every one of them has a vase. Right. So then all of a sudden, I go around and go around, and I'm collecting all this market price information and I'm negotiating. And finally, I go back to the guy who had the original $200 vase, and I'm like, I'll give you 50 bucks. And that's where we start. And we go back and forth. And he goes, all right, blah, blah, blah. And I think I get it for like 100 bucks. plus I got an extra gift. So he's wrapping it up. He goes, now we take you to the rugs. And we're like, what? He's like, the rugs. We take, you got you to gotta come see the rugs, the oriental rugs. And we're like, oh, okay, let's go do that. All of a sudden, we're walking down these little alleyways. 
into in, in the middle of Kusadasi, <gasps> Turkey, and my wife, my ex-wife, is grabbing me by the arm. Like I can feel her grip tightening, and I'm like, "It's gonna be fine, babe. We're totally cool." And then all of a sudden, we're walking up the back stairs of a building, and I turn and I look at her and I go, "This is where we die." <laughs> Oh my and she's God. like, where are we going? And I'm like, just so we walk into this room and there's a curtain and I'm like, all right, well, this is where they're going to like tie us up and kill us. Right. And they pull the curtain back and it is a room full of the most beautiful oriental rugs I've ever seen in my entire oh life. Oh my God. And this guy walks up and he hands me a cup of tea and she's looking at me like, don't drink the tea. And I drink the tea because I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. It's custom, you know? And then all and of you a realize sudden, he wasn't trying to kill you. Right. And all of a sudden this dude starts laying down these gorgeous oriental rugs and I go, all right, I'm like just I'm just curious, and I and this one rug is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I go, how much is that? He goes five thousand American dollars. I'm like, wow. I go, well, look, buddy, we're getting married soon. I'm like, and I just I'm I'll be honest with you, I don't have that kind of money for a rug. He goes two thousand American dollars. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, you can't. I go, you came down quick. He's like, yeah. he's like, a wedding gift for you, my friend. You know, blah 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 blah. Wow. So I finally got him down to like it was like it was gonna be like eight hundred dollars plus they were gonna like pay for the delivery like all this other stuff. And uh, I didn't buy the rug because, like, we were on a ship and I had nowhere to, like, put oh, this. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't about to give some random dude my credit card yeah. in, in the hopes that an $800 rug would be sent to in me. In the that back started of some off, creepy right. building. But it was just so funny. Like, the whole process of, like, just going down this, like, back road and, like. Oh, my God. And it, it literally takes them, like, a thousand man hours to, like, make these rugs by hand. They're hand woven. I mean, the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a really cool story. And also, if you, I was just thinking, if because I I thought you were gonna say you did buy the rug, and if you did, it's almost like he got you too, yeah, because he got you for a lamp and a rug, right? You know, yeah. and you're a good salesperson, so you can appreciate that. Because like oh, yeah. I like also buying oh, things from good salespeople, salespeople yes, you know. Yes. Like my first car dealer uh, was really bad because he insulted me when I told him what I wanted to pay. Mm-hmm. And I'm because sometimes they'll do that, yeah. you know. Bad salespeople will insult you yeah. if you're, and I'm like. I don't care if you think that's too low or you're going to tell me that's not possible. I know it's not possible, or but you also asked me a fucking question and I'm just giving you a fucking answer. Right. But then he also tried to flirt with me and he was gross. And I and then I was like not... I didn't really understand like what we were doing. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, I'd like to get to the point now. And then when I none of his like weird, stupid tactics worked on me, right. he was very insulting and rude and was just like, okay, well, I have other people here that I need, like, need, that need your seat now. So you need to like... You know, I'll call you. He kicked you out. He kicked me out. <laughs> That's the best. He kicked me yeah, out. Yeah. And he was like, um, we'll, we'll be talking soon. I know we will. Yeah. And I was like, I literally will never come back to you again. Right. Like, I think you're disgusting. And yeah. You're really bad at your job. Yeah. And that's what I told him. And I walked out and I never talked to him again. And I bought a Lexus for exactly what I said I wanted to buy it for from somebody else. Yeah. With a better uh, t- term. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, this has been a very... This is like a life podcast today. Guys, it's like it's been like hey, how do you do it? How do you do things in life? And yeah. just listen to this. Just re- listen to it on repeat, yeah. and never, and you'll never have a bad day twice. Never. Don't have. Don't have a bad day twice. Don't have. But you never will if you take all the advice on this podcast from two geniuses. Absolutely. That are famous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for being on the podcast as always. Thanks for having me. Um, it's so fun talking to you. Um, what. Uh, you've got two shows at the Holly, the famous Hollywood Improv every month. One tonight, yep. actually, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but that's that's uh, that's usually that's open for audience members, right? Yes, the, absolutely. Okay, so, so every Sunday you can catch me at the Hollywood Improv uh, at ten o'clock uh, called for a show called Lab Work. It's the development show. I'll be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas uh, at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club uh, April 9th through the fifteenth. And I also have a weekly radio show uh, on Dash Radio. If you download the Dash Radio app and go to their Dash Comedy Station, I'm live every Monday. Day, 9 to 11 Pacific time 
with my friend Kim Crawl. So check it out. Thank you so much. And then uh, your all your handles at Comedian Kengar. At Comedian Kengar for Instagram, Twitter, and follow me on Facebook. Cool. Well, thanks for being on. Um, it's always a pleasure. And thank you to all the listeners for all of your feedback and rating and reviewing. Please continue to give us reviews. It really helps us in the world of iTunes when mm-hmm. you say stuff. And please make sure they are always five stars. Thank you very much. Um, but if they're four stars, sometimes that's okay if you're going to do it versus not do it. But don't forget that you can also um, email us. A continued email is feedback at playing wballs at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk about your uh, f- uh, any comments and things that you have as long as they make sense on the podcast. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>